So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just wanna know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. You know, I have to tell you, I think this was the first holiday weekend where I know technically we didn't have off because we did three episodes last week, but where I actually found myself successfully disconnecting from my phone and kind of from pop culture in general. Was that at all a similar experience to the one that you had? No, I felt that way too, which was really nice. And I don't think I even realized it until kind of afterwards. But, you know, I think this time of the year, it's either like the celebrity stories come in and it's overflow or it's a very quiet week. And I found this week to be a very quiet week, which really aided in being able to disconnect, except for like the every hour or so when I had to refresh TikTok to check and make sure that North and Penelope didn't post any new TikToks. Oh my, no, Julie, that could be a 20 minute conversation in and of itself, which I'm sure it will be. It's going to be. I'm, I Because I already have so much to say and you and I have kind of saved this conversation in terms of like analyzing them being on TikTok for this. So I can't even imagine how long that conversation is actually <laughs> going to end up being. I know. Okay. Should we get into the episode? I think so. I'm sorry to start out on such a somber note, but this was really so devastating. And I know it came as a shock to so many of us, as I'm sure you all are aware by now. Virgil Abloh passed away yesterday for anybody who was unaware, although I'm sure you all are very aware of his work. He was the artistic director of Louis Vuitton menswear, the first black artistic director of Louis Vuitton, and the CEO and founder of Off-White. Also just a visionary and really such a creative genius that touched so many different genres, art, music, fashion, culture. His passing was announced on his Instagram account yesterday in a statement that read, For over two years, Virgil valiantly battled a rare aggressive form of cancer, cardiac angiosarcoma. He chose to endure his battle privately since his diagnosis in 2019, undergoing numerous challenging treatments, all while helming several significant institutions that span fashion, art, and culture. And him and his wife had a very private relationship, but they met in high school. They were married in 2009. Her name is Shannon Sunberg, and he lived in Chicago with her and their two adorable little children. And I mean, this is just devastating. It's absolutely heartbreaking. It's shocking. He was 41 years old. And, you know, obviously I don't know the depth of information that people in his innermost circle had, but as far as the way that it appeared to the public, as recently as a few days ago, there were posts on his Instagram going up, kind of teasing this Louis Vuitton 2022 spring menswear show that was happening in Miami. 
it's just, I don't even think I necessarily have the right words to articulate the way this felt, but I have to imagine that those of you listening felt a very similar way to we did for a man that we didn't know personally, but it's just a loss that hit very deeply. Yeah, extremely deeply. And I think you can kind of tell, even if you weren't overly familiar with him or his work, I think that just the outpouring and the response from celebrities and the people that he knew and the amount of celebrities that he had worked with and worked closely with and had really close friendships with, like you can get a really good feel of the impact that he had. And, you know, Virgil was kind of everywhere. When people are posting about him and they post about the ways in which they worked with him, you kind of realize that in a way that you didn't before. You know, he's responsible for so many things, not only in fashion, but in music, album covers, and, you know, designing so many outfits for people. You kind of realize, like, his outreach was so, so vast that this is a loss that you're going to feel for a very long time, I think. Literally, as we're recording this, it just came through. Louis Vuitton to celebrate Virgil Abloh's life with his final collection show in Miami in quotations, per his wishes, which I feel like just makes so much sense. And, you know, that he would want kind of the show to go on, especially one that had so much of his creativity behind it. I can't even imagine how powerful that is going to be. Yeah. I mean, as you were saying, it's just, as you see so many different tributes from so many different people, it is just so clear the impact that he had. And one of his most famous quotes is that everything he's doing, he's doing for the 17 year old version of himself. And when you think about that and kind of just how that mindset framed his life in terms of his career path, it's incredibly inspiring. And, you know, the other thing about this is anytime it's revealed after someone's passing that obviously they were battling with their diagnosis privately, I think it just, I don't know the right way to say it. It almost has a different feel to it because of course, the most important thing is respecting someone's wishes. And if that's what he wanted, that is exactly what he should have had. But I think that as people left behind, even those who did not know him personally, there's so many feelings that go through your mind because you just want to make sure that he felt all of the love and the gratitude and the support that he's getting in his passing. You want to make sure that he felt that in his life and that people were able to express that to him. And so, I don't know, I just think that it's a complicated thing when that is somebody's choice. And again, that's the most important thing. And that clearly there was a reason that they, he chose to deal with it in that way. But it's just tragic. I just, I have nothing to say other than I, I, it's just so devastating. You know, we talk about that a lot, how obviously when a celebrity passes, you always have that feeling of like, is it weird for me to be mourning this person that I didn't know? And I think with certain celebrities, those deaths hit harder than others. And for each person, it's so individualized based on that relationship that you had with the celebrity, even if you didn't know them. And I think somebody like Virgil, who, like we said, not only was so influential and so present in the lives of so many celebrities, he also had like an amazing outreach to people that he didn't know and people who were fans of his and watched him and followed his art very closely and followed his fashion very closely. So I just think this is one on top of just being so tragic because of how young he was and who he left behind and all those things. This is just also one where people are going to be hit really hard by this because of the fans that he had and people who felt really inspired by him and the impact that he had on a generation and a culture. And it's, it's really just awful. 
yes, and my stance on that still remains the same, which is if you're ever questioning your reaction to a death of a person you didn't know, no part of that is weird. I think it's a really beautiful thing. And I think what an honor, you know, to that, to that person to mourn their loss, even from never knowing them personally, like it really just shows their impact. Grief can sometimes bring that up in a way that you didn't even necessarily expect it to. So our, our thoughts are just with his family, his friends, anyone who knew him and loved him. And this is really a huge loss to the world. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen and... Every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. People have so many different reasons for wanting to learn a new language. Maybe you have an upcoming trip or just want to pick up a new hobby or a skill or just connect with a new culture. I know for me, when I was abroad in Barcelona in college, I'm not going to say that I was fluent in Spanish, but I definitely got to the point where I felt really confident conversing. And when I got home, my dad said to me, Emmy, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And he was so right. Like I entirely lost it. So Rosetta Stone has been really helpful for me. So if you are in that same boat or you want to learn a new language completely, want to brush up your skills, whatever it is, I want to tell you about Rosetta Stone because they're the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it really kind of immerses you in the language that you want to learn. So first of all, they're the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's fast language acquisition. So they immerse you in many ways. First of all, there's no English translation. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which in my experience, I know I'm getting it when I start to think in the language. It's an intuitive process. So you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's designed for long-term retention. Also, in terms of speech recognition, they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation and it's convenient. So desktop and app options with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You're getting lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone has to offer for 50% off, which is a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. I am very excited to announce that Lindsay Lohan is engaged. She announced the engagement on Instagram on Sunday. Her fiance is this guy, Bader Shamus. They've been dating for two years. He is the assistant vice president at Credit Suisse in Dubai, which is where she's been living for the past seven years. And this is her second engagement. Her first one was to this Russian millionaire right before they split in 2016. But 
he was allegedly abusive. It came out that he was kind of a bad guy. So I think in light of that, this feels even more exciting. I don't know if you remember because it, I feel like it weirdly wasn't as publicized as it probably should have been, but there was, there was video and pictures of them, her prior fiance uh, in Mykonos in 2016, where there was an incident where she had his phone and he was like very publicly abusive to her, like physically and no one intervened or stepped in and, and those pictures circulated. So, I mean, so she was previously engaged, but this one seems to be, or hopefully is a much healthier relationship. I feel like every time somebody gets engaged, we like to go through a miniature timeline of who they were previously with. And it's so funny because I'm looking at it here and it's 2003, the Lindsay Aaron Carter, Hillary Duff love triangle, which really is not to be minimized because the impact that that had on our childhood was really something not to be forgotten. Oh, I feel like that was one of the first major celebrity stories that really catapulted me into this lifestyle. Of course. And also something we always talk about at the time is when you're younger, people that are really only a few years older feel so adult to you. So realistically in 2003, I was nine years old, but they were around 16, 17 years old. And so this felt like such adult drama. And I remember just being completely enthralled with it. The way I felt about love triangles was kind of similarly to how I felt about quicksand, where it wasn't a situation of like, if that was going to happen, it was like, that will happen at some point in my life. Like that will be a major obstacle I will have to overcome at some point in my life. And never once did I end up in a love triangle. I used to watch everything I feel like I ever consumed, every show, every movie, every celebrity drama, there was a love triangle. And I was like, one day I will dramatically be in the middle of that situation. Never happened. But you know what, Julie? There's still a lot of years left. I have to imagine that at some point you will be. I thought like love triangles happened to everybody. Like I thought you just grew up and you got to high school and then there were two boys who wanted to fight over you. Well, listen, in the words of Jack Harlow, you did not peak in high school and you have so many more years for that. I don't even want to say that fantasy, but that part of your life that you envisioned would happen to happen. And I have full confidence that it will. I wanted it to be a high school one. Like I wanted it to be a situation where like I had to choose who to sit with at the lunch table. Oh, see, because those were, that's what all of those movies set us up to think was the epitome of coolness. Like I wanted to have to take a different route in the hallway because I didn't want to have to run into the other guy. Mm. Yeah. See, that's the one thing about it not happening in high school or college. You're not going to be having these like hallway logistical issues, but we could think of other logistical issues. (laughs) <laughs> my life's so boring we're like planning fake drama <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that was 2003 2004 she was dating Wilmer Valderrama in 2006 she was dating Harry Morton who actually passed away in 2019 he also dated Demi Moore and Britney Spears and then in 2008 she had that one-year romance with Sam Ronson and you know from then on until her most recent relationship with that Russian millionaire it was kind of quiet and so I don't know. I'm very, very excited for her. And the ring looked beautiful. The grip. You want to talk about a grip? The grip Sam Ronson and Lindsay Lohan had over me was indescribable. I will never forget years ago. It was like three years ago. We were at some event. I think it was maybe an Us Weekly event. And Sam Ronson was there. I believe she was DJing. And I remember like grabbing you and we didn't say anything, but I remember being like, Julie, that was our childhood. 
I will never, ever forget that relationship. Like, I felt like that was the day I became a woman when I saw those photos. It was the definition of, to me, like a whirlwind is how it felt. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody asked me to describe a situation that really represented the idea of a whirlwind romance, that's what I would have said. I am so here for a full Lindsay Lohan comeback, by the way. In terms of relationship, she has a Netflix Christmas movie coming out. Like, I am here for Lindsay Lohan to get the second half of her career that she was never able to get. I am too. Are you kidding me? I think that it's never too late for a comeback. And she really went through it. And if you look at it now, I saw something on TikTok. I think that it was like, look at the Holy Trinity. You know, Brittany is free from her conservatorship and engaged. Paris is married. Lindsay is engaged. Like, let's see what the next few years have in store for these three ladies. Oh my God. Imagine we get a remake of the car shot. I'll do anything. I swear to God, I will do anything. The thing is that I find so funny about this whole situation, specifically with the three of them and the resurgence that they're having and the media attention that they're getting, which is a much more positive media attention than it was previously. And, you know, when they were really at their media peak in a very negative way, I feel like what's so funny about it is that we always have this conversation about you know, trends from the 90s and the early 2000s coming back and specifically in our fashion choices. And, you know, then it kind of bleeds into shows coming back and having reruns. And now we're seeing it with like the actual lives of these celebrities, which is just a fascinating thing, how everything comes full circle. Well, by that, do you mean the level of fascination that the public has with the same people that they were fascinated by in 2008? Yeah, I I think it's not only just the level of fascination, but I think it's kind of all of this paired together where it's like, you know, I remember when I was younger, my mom would always say to me, like, don't throw certain things out. Or, you know, she kept certain fashion things because everything comes back in style. And then you have all of these TV shows that are being rebooted. And it's like, okay, so those are coming back in style. And then you have literally just celebrities who aren't doing anything other than being themselves and existing. And somehow they're coming back in style. I mean, there's nothing more indicative of that than Ben and JLo being engaged in 2002 and now we're in 2021 and we feel the same way about the photos of them kissing outside of their private jet as we did when he proposed with that pink diamond. Right. That's exactly what I mean. Like, it's not just, you know, I think that sometimes we talk about these things, it's like, oh, you have to capitalize on the nostalgia and that's so there and the nostalgia is so present but it's a little bit weird when it's not just the nostalgia. It's like actually people living their lives in the way that you remember, but it has nothing to do with like you trying to recapture that. It's just them living their lives. Well, I think from the perspective of the celebrity or somebody who is trying to stay relevant, that's the ultimate goal because you see the people that have to cling to nostalgia so deeply to the point where that is the only thing allowing them to be relevant or having any interest in the public eye. Like, That has an expiration date and we've seen it a lot, you know, specifically with certain actors or actresses that had really starring roles and now it's kind of become their only personality trait, which is sad. I don't say that with judgment. That's a sad kind of reality. I don't think they want that either. So if you are somebody that there is an interest, one, because of some sort of a nostalgia, but also because there's an interest in your current life, that's the ultimate. Right. Totally. I'm very excited to see how this goes. I also wonder, you know, if she's going to be doing more press around this movie, if she's going to be more public. She's been relatively private, you know, and uh, I don't know. That'll be interesting. We'll have to have Dina on. (laughs) I know. My absolute number one dream is some sort of Nancy Myers movie with Lindsay Lohan to really bring her back. Based on what we see on social, 
they interact a lot. So I don't know if that's indicative of an actual relationship, but it seems like they're in good standing. And I can't imagine Lindsay wouldn't welcome that opportunity. I know. It, we'll see what happens. I mean, listen, you have to remember, like, Lindsay was on top of the world. Like, in terms of acting in movies and what her career was prior to 2007, like, there was no one bigger, no one hotter, no one that you wanted in your movies more. And I would love nothing more for than that to become a reality again in 2022 and on. I could not agree more. Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just <laughs> gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable, like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because you guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. So kind of a big update in the continuation of the Kim and Kanye situation. On Wednesday, Kanye teamed up with the LA Mission and he was delivering meals at Skid Row. And as part of it, he was giving a little bit of a speech. And a lot of the speech, he really talked about wanting to get his family back together. Quote, all I think about every day is how I get my family back together and how I heal the pain that I've caused. I take accountability for my actions. And he kind of gave a list about different things that he think contributed to their separation. So he credited alcohol consumption, manic episodes, his ego, his temper. And he also kind of spoke about how, in addition to wanting them back together for his own sake, he also thinks that it would be really important for 
couples around the world to kind of see this rekindling and show that they can do it. It came across in a bit of a kind of God complex way, but after the fact, TMZ wrote this article. The title was Kanye West says God will bring Kim and him back together, inspire millions. And he posted that article to his story, tagging Kim, tagging TMZ. So that was really something. Keep in mind, you know, this is happening at the exact same time that Kim and Pete are being spotted more publicly. Just this weekend, they were spotted at the Beverly Hills Hotel having breakfast. And so, I mean, to watch what I think could be considered kind of Kanye's public plea playing out at the same time as Kim having this very seemingly lighthearted romance publicly with Pete, it's just a lot to take in. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. You know, I would probably have more to say about this and the way Kanye is going about this and, you know, how public it is, which is, I don't think that something that Kim wants at all, considering how private she has kept their relationship. But I would probably have more to say on this topic if Kanye didn't just lose the person who's probably the closest to him right now, which is just so awful. And the death of Virgil is probably something that we're going to see play out with Kanye, which is just so unfortunate because I think that when you're watching this, obviously you have such a visceral reaction to the way that he's doing this so publicly, but also at the same time, it's like, you know, this is somebody who's really in pain and you can see that. And I don't know, it's just, you know, it's an odd situation. I think we as the public have with Kanye because on one hand, the way he handles things just makes you so angry. But on the other hand, it's like you just want to help him too. So it's hard. No, totally. And I obviously can logically understand that him speaking about, you know, getting back together with Kim at the LA mission and then posting that on his Instagram is completely separate from losing Virgil. But because Kanye has been so open with the public in terms of what goes on in his mind, I just can't imagine the pain he must be in right now. And I, it's, it's weird for me to kind of talk about it critically at this current moment, because I just, I, I just can't imagine what he's going through. It's not at all an excuse for, in my opinion, what is actually kind of disrespectful to Kim to handle it in this way. But I just don't want to harp on it in this current moment because I, you know, he's known Virgil for 20 years. Like I just, I really think this is going to hit him incredibly hard. And obviously us talking about it on the podcast doesn't make it harder or easier for him. But for my own conscience, I would like to just refrain from getting into a discussion on Kanye for the current moment. I don't know if that's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, but that's just how I feel. No, I, I totally agree. I think, I mean, to me, I think it's the right thing. I always think about that video of Virgil after his first Louis show when him and Kanye kind of hug and then publicly break down. And I've, I think a lot of people have shared that video. So I don't know. I was thinking about that today and I was like, it's, this is going to be really, really hard for him. And it just sucks also, you know, to lose somebody really close to you while also going through a divorce and whether you think that divorce or whether we think that divorce is the public is for the best, it's still a divorce and it's still just, it's a really hard time for him. And especially with the holidays and Listen, I, I think that you'd have to be pretty heartless to not at least feel for him a little bit in this situation. So I don't know. I have to imagine that Kim is really going to be there for him and helping him through this because that just seems to be the current state of their relationship still where they're kind of still there for each other. I know that when Kim was on SNL, Kanye kind of flew out and was helping her prepare for that. So I can't imagine a scenario in which she isn't there for him right now. But yeah, I mean, this it's just going to be really tough. 
No, it really is. And also, you know, obviously I don't have any intimate understanding of him and Virgil's relationship, but the sense that I always got over the years was that Virgil was a place that Kanye derived a lot of safety from. And we always have this conversation about how, like, I think the ability to feel safety within another human being is one of the most powerful forces in the world, because how many people do you really feel just like unconditional safety with? And so I think that losing that just hits a person really hard. Yeah, I think so too. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. So in what I would consider to be breaking news, North and Penelope are officially on TikTok. For anybody that's kind of unaware with the trajectory of this, basically what had happened was last week or the week before, Penelope's account was found. And once it blew up, it was later taken down because she's nine years old and TikTok guidelines are that you can't have an account run by yourself until you're 13. And so she came back with what I would consider to be a stellar resurgence in a joint account with Courtney called P and Court. North then followed with one called Kim and North. And I remember, yes, about a year or so ago, you know, Mason was kind of on TikTok. His account was then taken down also because he was underage for the TikTok guidelines. But this is really the first family approved imprint on social media that we are seeing by a Kardashian Jenner child. And I think that's a really big deal. It's a huge deal. And one of the biggest things about it that I think is why I'm so obsessed with this is not just the content that they are posting of themselves, because obviously like to watch them kind of grow into their own people and have their own personalities, especially on social is such like a wild experience. But on top of that, you're getting the content that you've always wanted that the Kardashians don't know that you want and that North and Penelope aren't necessarily posting for that reason, but you get it anyway. Like the behind the scenes of the Palm Springs house, how it's decorated, what their bathrooms look like, what products they use, what their candle closet looks like. Like those are all things we're dying to know about that the Kardashians would never normally post because that's not what's in their conscious of what they think we want. And so we're getting all of these like tiny little behind the scenes details via North and Penelope's TikToks that you would never, ever have otherwise. Right. And the reason that it feels, you know, kind of kosher or you feel okay consuming it is because it's obviously an account that's run with Kim and Courtney. And by run by, I think that obviously Penelope and North are the ones that are making it, but they can't post anything until it's approved. And that, you know, God forbid they're not posting with something in the background that they wouldn't want the public to see. And so because the adults of the family are like endorsing this, you feel like you can consume it freely. And I mean, I just think this is such a big deal because we've always wondered 
you know, what is the path for the kids going to look like? And how are they, once they have an awareness of their fame and once they have an awareness of who their parents are, you know, in relation to the rest of the world, how are they going to kind of play this? And to me, I consider this to be almost like a soft launch into their careers in a way. Like, I'm not saying that Penelope is going to be an influencer or that North is going to be an influencer. Who knows what their hopes and dreams are and what they're going to do. However, there will be a time, probably when they are around 15 or 16 years old, when they want to start posting on Instagram themselves, very similar to the way that Alabama does. Not that they would post it in the same way, but I'm saying having their own presence. And so to me, this is kind of like the introduction to that. And I have to imagine that for them, it's really exciting. And for the adults of the family, it's exciting and also a little bit nerve wracking. Yeah, I so agree. I mean, the thing that's interesting here is you're so right in terms of, quote, the soft launch and like them kind of catapulting themselves as their own people, because I think we also have to keep in mind, like this didn't just happen. It's not like Penelope and Norwich just decided one day they were going to do this and Kim and Courtney were like, okay, fine, we're done fighting with you, have a TikTok. Like this obviously required so much thought and planning just in allowing them to do this because they are kids and they don't have that full scope of what they're posting having a lasting effect on the internet and a lasting effect on the family. So I have to wonder what that conversation was like in terms of allowing them to be on TikTok and setting guidelines for what they're allowed to post and what they're allowed to show of the family. And like, I, I'm so curious about those behind the scenes conversations that even went into this in the first place. Oh, me too. And by the way, I, I do think it was organic in the sense of, you know, obviously Penelope was, I guess, having fun doing it. It was something she appreciated once her account kind of blew up, it was taken down. And so they thought, okay, how do we go about this now? Like, how can we make this feasible? And I'm sure Courtney saw how much fun Penelope was having doing this and they wanted to figure out a way. But like, in my view of it, there's no world in which this happened without Kris Jenner being involved in the conversation. Like, yeah, of course. but that's, what's so crazy. Like when you are this young, typically, even when you are the a quote, normal celebrity child. The amount of thought does not have to go into something like this because typically people are not so invested in every aspect of your life. Whereas these kids, like, it's not like they're just posting from their aunt's house. Their aunt is Khloe Kardashian. Their aunt is Kim Kardashian. And so there's just so many more things that go into it. And I, I, I know we always have this conversation, but a moment like this really just solidifies it for me how the number one thing about the Kardashians that's so different is that like, there's no end to the fame. Every single person involved in the family, people care about. And that is so atypical, even to your most famous person. Well, that's the thing that I was so curious about in terms of North and Penelope having their own understanding of their own fame, because obviously we knew prior to this launching of TikTok that the two of them were on TikTok in some sense. Like, you know, we've seen glimpses of them doing dances. Penelope's popped up in Alabama's TikToks before. Like they had a very real understanding of the app and the trends on the app and the dances on the app. What we weren't sure they had an understanding of was like how much they knew about their own lives and how much they knew about being quote Kardashians and part of the family as a result of the way people posted about them on TikTok. And now what you have is now that they're on, people are doing TikToks about them. Like POV, you're Penelope on TikTok. POV, you're North on TikTok. And something that's really specific about TikTok is you kind of can't control the videos that come up on your For You page. So I'm sure so much of their own feed is now about them. Yes, exactly. It's really an interesting concept for them to see the way in which, you know, 
them almost as separate entities are then being received by the public. And I know we're talking about such young kids here, you know, they're eight and nine years old. And so obviously, you know, you have to be so careful in what they are receiving in the way that it's being discussed. But I'm saying on a more general level, like just your average pop culture enthusiast who wants behind the scenes of the Kardashians is having a very specific reaction to this. And also what I think is interesting is you really see the difference in North and Penelope's personalities based in just like the aesthetics of the videos that they post. It really shows, I think, even something as simple as their TikTok presence, just like how they really have developed their own personalities. And that comes across in what I'm going to call their art. In their art. No, you're so right. I mean, what's so funny is like, like I was saying before, the POVs, your Penelope Disick on TikTok, and people are kind of posting videos that are mimicking the way that she posts, which is like these very um, transitional, getting ready with me, your face or nighttime routine or putting on makeup, whatever it is that she's doing in her videos. And that's become somewhat of a trend. And there's an account that people believe is Mason's account that posted one like POV, your Penelope Disick on TikTok. And he kind of makes fun of her by going to the, like doing something in his bathroom. And he's in the comment section being like, no, I posted this with Penelope's permission. Obviously it's not hundred percent confirmed that that's his account, but it's crazy that, you know, he's now in on these inside jokes with TikTok about his own sister. Like you're really watching this next generation of Kardashian developing their own personalities and coming into themselves and kind of carrying on the family. And, you know, I think something that we've had conversations about and the public have definitely had conversations about is like, does the public interest with the Kardashians ever die out? Or is this something that will just continue forever? And you get such a small glimpse of that while watching people be fascinated and interested with the kids' presence on TikTok. And you can kind of see how that's then going to translate into as they get older and how this fascination is only going to continue. I know. I mean, I listen, if you are somebody who really dislikes the family, that's kind of your worst nightmare. You're you're praying for their downfall in terms of relevance. And again, if that is your opinion, I can't relate, but I respect it. I just don't foresee that happening. I really just don't. I, I don't know. What, what do you just wake up one day and magically not have an interest in a family that the public has been so interested in for the last 13 years? I think that they will continue to make it a priority to be on everybody's radar. And this is a really interesting indication of that. And if you zoom out for a second, like, yeah, I want to see the candles, but I am so much more interested on this on a bigger level. And I can't believe we're getting it. You know, we always wondered, how is it going to happen? Well, this right here, the question we've always wondered, this is how it's happening. At eight and nine years old, Penelope and North are having joint accounts with Kim and Courtney. And this is going to be their now trajectory into the world of social media. Also, you know, it was so adorable in the one that Penelope posted with Scott, like her most recent one where they were celebrating Hanukkah together. And she had Scott do one and you can see her tap him softly to tell him when his cue is. Like, I was like, this is the content I die for. Or the one where you could see all of his notes that he has written her with the flowers, like to the most special girl in the world, love dad. And she has them all on her bulletin board. Like that's just really cute behind the scenes insight that you wouldn't have necessarily seen, but I'm just grateful to TikTok as I always am for that. Penelope's TikTok is going to single-handedly revamp Scott's PR image. I know. Isn't that crazy? I really believe that. No, I think so too. And and obviously not intentionally. She just loves her dad. <laughs> and he loves her. Of course, of course. I mean, his abilities as a father in recent years have never been put into question. Right. 
The last thing we wanted to discuss, which just broke as we were recording this, is that Tiffany Haddish and Common have apparently split up, according to people, quote, they're never in the same city together and both of them are just too busy for a serious relationship. If you remember, the way that we found out that they were dating was she was on Steve-O's podcast in August of 2020, and that's when she kind of said it. They met in 2019 when they were filming The Kitchen, but I mean, we haven't really seen that much of them publicly, I feel like, since the announcement. Do you think we have? Not a ton, but we've kind of seen them individually speaking about the other in like a very loving way. I don't know. I was a really big fan of this couple. I'm kind of upset to see them break up, even though they weren't an overly public couple. No, I am too, because I think also there's this thing that happens when there's somebody that you think is so funny. Like to me, I think Tiffany Haddish is one of the funniest people. Like that Groupon thing will forever be for me, one of the funniest like (laughs) interview show moments ever. And I love when, you know, somebody like that is in a relationship because it's a totally different side of themselves. Obviously they're still funny and silly, but it's like this very romantic part that I don't think I necessarily associate with Tiffany Haddish or with other comedians because I just think of them as so funny. And so I loved kind of the side that it brought out of her. And then as far as Common goes, I mean, you know how hot I think he is. Yeah. He is one handsome man. No, I so agree. I really... Tiffany Haddish is somebody who's also spoken really openly about having a very difficult upbringing and a very difficult time kind of making it in, making it in the industry. So to watch her ride has been so much fun. And then I think when she was in this relationship with Common, it was very much like, wow, she's really killing it in like all of these different areas of her life. And that's so rewarding to see because to me, Common seems like such a good guy. And when you see someone like Tiffany Haddish, who you're always rooting for with somebody that you consider to be a really good guy. You're just so overly happy for them. I could also see them getting back together though. Like I could see this being a couple where once things slow down a little in their careers and they're kind of in the same place at the same time, they reconnect. I don't think this is the last we've heard of them. It's very possible. I mean, I think that this is an example where I do believe the distance thing, you know, like they both had a lot going on. It's hard to maintain a relationship. People talk about that constantly. I wouldn't be surprised. I, yes, watch this space. I agree with you. Right. Anything else that you would like to mention? I think that's it. You got anything? No, I think that's it. I'm sure more things will come out this week. We'll obviously see you one more time for Bravo and one more time for the Kardashian bonus show. And I think that's it. We love you guys so much. Thank you as always for letting us do this. Thank you.